Nathan Rude Claypast is in the garden, but he's also on the road. He's in Northland this morning. Kia ora, Rude. Uh, kia ora, Jack. Yeah, I'm on the Cooper's Beach. Can you hear the waves? Oh, Good. Hang on. No, I can't. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. My phone's too clever. No, no, it's really loud. That's a wetland too, by the way, because the water, of course, comes out of the river here and meets the meets the sea. So in its in itself, that is a wetland. And yeah. this is where I like. Oh, to be I can hear. I can hear a few little waves in the background. Oh right? yeah, yeah, it's crashing. All right, it's lovely. Yeah. I can see Fatafiti uh, and all that sort of stuff, and he he's great. Lovely. Oh, it's a place where I did world. my kiwi work. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hey, look, but, but I want to talk about wet stuff because you know how it's been quite wet recently in people's gardens and all that. Yeah. You noticed that, eh? I it's have noticed. All... I, did you know it was the, the wettest <laughs> July in New Zealand history? <laughs> yes, I noticed. It was and the wettest and one of the warmest as well. Yeah, so yeah that's but not there's good. more to come. Remember, this is the thing called climate disruption. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There you go. So, so, but, but, but if you look at the history of what wetlands used to be like in New Zealand, and there's a new book out. This is why it, it, I got right interested in it. It's called Wetlands, Life in the Shallows, which is a wonderful book about the history. And it talks about, but it also talks about something that I really enjoy, Jack, and you do too, is Matauranga. Yeah. How wetlands were really important for Maori in the old days and still are. Yeah. It's they were really important. Kaimawana, all that sort of stuff. So but here comes the thing. Just ten percent of all our wetlands are still actually active or in place. The rest is all being sanitized. Ah, uh, yeah. Because I think because a lot of people who have areas that could be wetlands, even small areas, they're they're uh, they're sort of inclined to Dry it out, tidy it up, eh? That's exactly what it is, yeah. because we want nice and tidy farms, don't we? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and nature isn't tidy. Nature is quite messy, to be quite honest. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. So when you do have, so this is the point. If you do have a wet patch in your garden, whether it's small or large, there's all sorts of now resources around that you can use to actually plant those with wetland plants. Right. And what you what you're really doing is the water that comes from that wet patch goes either underground or above the ground and becomes clean because of the right plants in the right place. Yeah, right. Okay. So so I rang one of the orders and said, So what would you plant in New Zealand? Is there not a series that I can just put on the radio for Jack and just here, this is what you plant in the wetland. She says, Do you want a McDonald's wetland? <laughs> the same, the same, the same, the same everywhere. Or do you want something that's adapted to your local ecosystem? And yeah. that was such a good comment. Eh? Yeah, yeah, that's so, a really good yeah point. Yeah, so if people are interested in this sort of stuff, there are books like that. For instance, um, the, the, the Wetland Restoration Book, which is by the Wetland Trust. But also, your local council will absolutely know what is Tangata Flora, what used to live there before people came. Right. So they have lists of it. Dock offices have got lists of that too. And so local, do councils actually have a list? If you just go to the yeah. council and say, can I have a, what used to grow yeah. here? Talk to the biodiversity group in your council and yeah. they have all the data because scientists have finally started to log all this and put it together according to where you are in what ecosystem, north or south, east or west, coastal or, or inland. And it is absolutely amazing how much information there is available. And some of this stuff is rare, Jack. Yeah. You want to grow a rare plant in your garden, boy, wouldn't it be good to get a nice meat-eating plant like an insect-catching drosera in your garden that lives in wetlands. Yeah. It's great. Okay, yeah. fantastic. Oh, that sounds, that's, that's really good. Yeah, I'm, it's funny. I, I know you say this all the time, but it is... 
it's so it's interesting, you know, how how like lawns, like nature, Mother Nature doesn't leave a, a bare lawn anywhere. There's no, there's never just grass, you know. It's so funny how as human beings we are kind of automatically inclined, even as gardeners, to try and have tidy spaces. You got it. But actually, it's not. You know, it's 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 just a funny quirk of our species, eh? It is, but then again, you can make an, a nice mixture. Yeah. As long as long as you are aware of what you're doing, and I think that's important. You know, on this beach where I am, yeah, I can find fossil coconuts from New Zealand that used to live here. They are four inches long, three inches long. That's it. Not going to get much of a feed out of those, are you? Are you rude? No, mate. They're hard <laughs> as stone. See you later. See you later. Thank you, sir. <laughs>